Shalom, shalom everybody. How are we doing? Welcome back to the upper room. Um, we've been gone for a, for a little while. Uh, took a little break there. Um, but as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> and um, it's great to be back in the chair. It's great to be back in the upper room. It feels familiar. It feels like home. And um, uh, upon reflection, it's been great to look back on on the conversations that we've had so far in the upper room, the testimonies, the the wisdom, the sharing, and uh, all with a heart to, to build, to equip and edify the body of Messiah. Um, so praise you all for that. And uh, God willing, um, we'll have many more conversations uh, in the future. And uh, hopefully it will bless um, those that tune in. Uh, if you are new to the upper room, um, always say the same. Head on over to the main YouTube channel. Check out our weekly Torah portion uh, with Jackie, Tommy and Joe. Uh, for your for your weekly teaching and uh, here in the upper room it's all about loosing and binding uh, getting into the word of God um, talking about biblical topics and all of the ups and downs and everything in between with our with our walk with Messiah Yeshua so with that being said uh, I'm joined by two familiar faces um, if you're familiar with the uh, with the Almond House you'll be familiar with these two guys so it's my pleasure Again, to introduce Jackie and Joe, how are we? Shalom, brother. Shalom. Great to be here. Um, it's been a fantastic couple of months with the festivals and a few weddings. Been a busy time at the Almond House, but it just feels right to be sitting back here and discussing with you. So thanks, brother, for inviting me on. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thanks for getting me on. When I told Tommy that I was coming to do the upper room with the... Uh, with the boys, he was a little bit, a little bit jealous there. So uh, we'll have to get him on pretty soon, I think. That, but thank you for inviting us. I'm looking forward to it, mate. No, you're welcome. And as you said, it has been a busy couple months. Um, and uh, all hands to the pump, uh, praise you are. And um, I'm, I'm sure that's been the case with with uh, many people uh, in the body. A uh, great time of year, a culmination of of. Uh, yeah, a, a long, long uh, season and year. Um, so with that, it seemed like a, a great opportunity to take stock of the year that we've had, um, draw a line in the sand and, and, and looking forward to moving forward um, uh, and what that, what that may look like. So um, I think with the timing of, of the new Torah portions, the new Parsha cycles, uh, we've just come out of the uh, the, the autumn feasts, and um, as I say, it's been a great time of reflection, a time to digest, and ultimately a time to uh, springboard uh, moving forward. So, um, with this conversation in mind, I had the uh, uh, the thought of of yeah, the importance of the biblical feasts, um, the adherence, the walking out, uh, the types and shadows. Uh, and everything that's involved in in, uh, in the feasts, um, and so for a kickoff, that'd be great just to get a, a reflection from you guys from you know the past past uh, few months. If you'd be so kind. Yeah, sure. So it's been it's been epic. It's been beautiful uh, this time of year, um, from September October, um, we have the fall festivals. So it's the latter three festivals in the Word of God. 
uh, Day of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and then ending with the Big Bang, Sukkot. So it's been a real special time, an amazing wrap to the year of the Torah cycle. And when you're reading the Word of God, the living Word of God, and observing these festivals, you just start becoming a part of you. And it's funny because I heard someone once say, in the world, we had three festivals. We have Christmas, um, Easter, and Halloween. Um, but you lose, you lose, you basically gain four <laughs> when you come into um, when you come into the faith because you have Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Shavuot, Pentecost. Then you have trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles. So you may feel like you're losing three, but you gain them four really <laughs> all together. So it, it's it's such an amazing time. And to me, Sukkot is the is the best time of year. That's now my Christmas, you could say. I grew up doing Christmas. I grew up um doing Halloween and, and Easter. But there's just something so authentic and sincere about keeping the festivals that our Messiah kept, keeping the festivals um which were commanded to in the word of God. Um not to be Jewish but to be biblical and for me, it's it's the accumulation of, of of everything we've studied the entire year. Yeah. Hallelujah. And yeah, I'd just like to say, brother, it, it really is our Christ's mass, isn't it? In the world, we know that Saturnalia is dressed up as this Christ's mass. They've Christianized a Greco-Roman festival of lawlessness with the birth of Messiah. And we know that that's winter solstice time. We know that it's Yule. We know that it's um, a time when all laws um, were were loosened, and they call our Christ's Mass because it's been Christianized. But we've got a lot of synchronicity and a lot of paganism and a lot of heathenism in there. But Sukkot really is Christ's Mass. That's the beautiful thing. Um, it's totally prophetic of the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's totally prophetic about his reign uh, on Mount Zion and the Torah going forth. Um, it's totally prophetic about us coming out of Egypt and most importantly about the birth of Mashiach. So we really can celebrate the birth of Mashiach in accordance with the, what the Bible says. And and to not do it and to reject it is is actually not to notice how important it is and not to, to negotiate really the true beauty of it. You know, and I, th- I think that's always sad because when I first came on this walk, it was like, get in your tent, get in your tent. <laughs> Come on, you got to get in your tent. You need a temporary dwelling. Well, and now it's like, hey, look, you, you clearly you're in a deficit because you haven't truly fully understood the power, the importance and what this what this really means and the image of Christ that you can find in it because you can truly have... At one minute atonement with God, you can truly hear his voice and know he's coming back and feel it in your core, you know, trumpets. You feel it in the in your core, you know. You feel it in the air, you know. Everyone's just, like, ready, you know. And then Sukkot, it's like, it's a picture of the millennium. It's a picture of, of, the, of, the, new, of the new place, the new home that we go to and the wedding supper. And it's a celebration. Of course, it's like a wedding. And you can feel them things. You can live into them things. 
And so to reject them is, is, is you haven't fully really understood them. And that that's sad. So I, I sort of get sad now rather than like angry or vexed or anything. Like when you when you first come on the walk, you're a tour a terrorist. But now once you've, you know, matured, you feel the um the loss at what people are missing out on. That, that's spot on and <clears throat> obviously we can appreciate the wider context and the and the, the picture that the uh, the feasts overall provide for us as as uh, as believers and, and those who are uh, trying to walk out the faith um aside from the broader picture personally from you two what do you personally glean from from particularly from Sukkot like how do you what does it do for you personally in your walk and your relationship with Yah it's a revival <laughs> it's a total revival it's a revival, brother. It's um, it does many things. I think that the feasts, the Moedim, can fast track you, because you are literally going on tour with the Messiah. So from Passover, you literally go on on tour with the Messiah, and you can find them in the scriptures. And the Torah cycle falls in alignment with the feast days with the Moedim. Also, there's no escaping the Messiah when you're in the Moedim. It's um. It's a beautiful prophetic thing. So for for Sukkot, for me, what that does for me, really, brother, is is um, it's a total regeneration. It's a total rejuvenation. It's um, it's the Sabbath of all Sabbaths. It's the eighth day. So when you get to practice that eighth day, you can then take that eternity, that snippet of eternity, into this physicality. And then you can reflect that eternal dimension that you've just experienced in Sukkot, and it's uh, it's 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 indescribable. You know, it's indescribable. And uh, if you're out there and you you haven't done the Moedim yet, or you're thinking about doing it, or this is the year that you're gonna do it, I couldn't encourage you enough because you will truly go on tour with the Messiah and Sukkot for me. Is is literally like I'm I'm meeting Yeshua. Wow, powerful. Um, I, I guess just on a on a surface level value for me, um, I just love that it's a pilgrim feast. Mm. And blessed are those that pilgrim, bro. Hallelujah, <laughs> blessed are them that pilgrim. Um, and that's a shout out to any of the American viewers. It is a pilgrim feast. <laughs> Get your skates on, get your flights for Sukkot this year, Any anyone who's viewing online. Um, well, th- that's it, isn't it? Three times a year, um, show your males, uh, pilgrim, um, to where the Lord puts his name. And, of course, we ourselves, um, we don't travel to the Promised Land, um, Israel, but we felt compelled as a church that the, the father's put his name in this spot where we where we go to Sukkot and it could be somewhere else in the future who knows um so as a fellowship we gather there we congregate there and just to see people from Scotland London Bournemouth I mean all over um the UK and and further really if you, if you think about all the, the nationalities that join us it's quite incredible and and for me, on just a, on a simple level, just that unity of, of brethren and different backgrounds and cultures and ages, and it, it it's just it's so it's so um, it's just so special. It, it it's a picture of the mixed multitude coming out of Egypt, pilgrim together. It's a picture of that the millennial kingdom of where everyone will go up to serve the king. You know, in Zechariah, everyone will go. Up, it says in Zechariah, everyone will go up 
uh, to keep the the feast of tabernacles. Um, so it's that that in its own of 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 bringing everyone together. I mean, it's it's Yeshua's birthday and everyone turns up for it. It's like, for instance, say we hosted a Shabbat meeting here and we was like, look, it's so and so's birthday. We're gonna have a few drinks afterwards or we're gonna have a have play a few games afterwards. Usually that. Shabbat is like quite busy, <laughs> but like Sukkot is that like ten times people know it's the event of the year. People know this is like the real deal, and I think there's a, there's a beauty in the pilgrim, even for us because we've got to travel maybe two two and a half hours, um, which is a pilgrim to us who live in the UK. <laughs> to the American viewers, like no, that's easy. Um, yeah, so I guess that's what it is for me on a surface level. Just to echo what you guys said there, I think uh, the value for me personally and and corporately is 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 evident. Uh, whilst uh, partaking uh, the feast of Sukkot, uh, it's the culmination of of uh, the Torah cycle. Um, it's a great experience where everybody is uh, basically walking in their gifts, and uh, it's it's a pleasure to be uh, in the midst of the brethren for an extended period of time. Um, to consolidate and, and galvanize relationships, to get to know our brothers and sisters at a more intimate uh, level, which uh, we get a snapshot at Shabbat and, and, and different um, uh, fellowship meetings, but there's something about the anointing that, that rests on Sukkot that is, is truly set apart. Amen. And it's a, a privilege to partake of that with, with, uh, with our brothers and sisters. Um, so with that being said... What would you guys say to those that uh, are new to this kind of Torah path and have yet to experience or to uh, join in uh, the feasts? Um, yeah, what, what, what would you have to say to them and, and, and what would your encouragements be in that area? I guess for myself, I, I've just got to bring it back to that pilgrimage again. Um, if, you don't, if you've got no fellowship um, to take part in on a weekly Sabbath, it maybe they're a bit too far away to drive to the weekly Sabbath or to take part. Maybe if that's, you know, could be a two-hour drive or whatnot, you might not want to drive that far on the Shabbat. I would say the Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, the three pilgrim feasts, that is your time right there to go that extra mile to pilgrim, even if you are way off, you know. And we read something in the, in the Word that known as the Second Tide, so the first tide is to ministries, and then the second tide is to saving up for these festivals. So um, I would say as a family, as an individual, um, it would making a conscious effort to put something to one side. You know, this is inscribed wisdom given from the Almighty for the second tide to make these flights happen, to make these car journeys, to make these afford the train tickets, Um as Joe said, this is our Christ's mass, so we need to go all out with this. Um, I guess I just wanted to... I, I'll, let, I'll let Joe answer, and then I wanted to swing it back to but something else. Before, Joe, <laughs> Joe you, br you bring your answer, I, I think it's um, really important to highlight that it, it's not a, a, an obligatory, you must come and do this thing because I want you to do it. Sure. It's like, I think Yah wants to bless us in mm. that feast like he has gifts for us while while we're there and so he wants to bless us in, in our walks in whatever way uh needed so um yeah it's, right. it's for our good that's right brother it is it's a you know the, the the feasts are feasts and the harvest feasts it's all about fruitful increase yeshua said you'll know them by the fruits 
These things are nourishing the healthy, the palatable, the loaded, the for our nourishment. The, it's it's food for the soul, bro. Mm. No wonder Yah wants us to do it, of course. Um, for me, I would I would advise this uh, that if you know you you can't make the pilgrimage, and you maybe have a bit of isolation there, and you you you, you know you're only capacity is online and you know you, you join a, a fellowship you have a midrash on a zoom and you, you watch a lot of youtube content and you, you follow ministries on their channel <coughs> if you are isolated i, I would say you got to capitalize on this time don't feel that just because you're on your own you can't do this like the first sukkot i did was in the in a tent on my own in the garden and i just sat in a tent i didn't eat didn't even have an airbed. I just the tent was empty, and I just went in it with my Bible, and I was like, oh, I just went for it. But there was a a real time of intimacy with God. So this is what I want to say: that if you are on your own, you can have an intimate time with God. I did. I've done a Passover before with two gentlemen and a candle and a Bible, and we just sat in a dark room, um, with 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 the uh, with the scriptures. And with the bread and the wine, and, and we we did our we did our Passover observation like that, you know, with a can, a, a lit room, and it was it was powerful. It was mm. so powerful. You can have intimacy with God. Um, Paul says in in Colossians two five, doesn't he? He says, "For though I am absent in the flesh, I shall be with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ." So, though you may be absent from the body, you can actually be really close to God. And if you can't make that pilgrimage feast, which would, would be my first water call, I do agree with that with Jack. I would say, look, you can do this with God and have intimacy with him and, and make this time about you and him. You know, you've got a date with your father. Keep it. Mm. I think that was um, uh, a correlating theme throughout uh, Sukkot on reflection where so many individuals had had um, real humble beginnings in their experiences of the feast and uh as the years go by, here we are uh, being able to gather in, in, in the most amazing environment um, with great facilities. And, and we know it's not about those things necessarily, but it, it just culminated in, in such a, uh, an anointed time. Um, so as, as you say, Joe, like uh, just step out uh, and, and, and Yah will bless you and, and reward you for, for your diligence and for your, um, uh, yeah, for your heart, essentially. Um, so, yeah, Jackie. Yeah, I was just going to say there, because, you know, I love the feast, special time, feel the presence of God. You know, we do kingdom work, we praise BTI, you know, we evangelize and invite invite those to Sukkot, the strangers, and it's such an epic time. But I just want to bring it back down to, like, planet Earth a little bit, because it, it is also, we are going into a temporary dwelling in the wilderness, you know. Mm. <laughs> and with that, the SD does come with a few trials, which you can't get just turning up to church one day a week. Like, I'm being real here. Like, like when we all come to Sabbath, we put our best clothes on, we um, trim our beards. Oh, you know, well, we, you know, we, we, you know, we, we make an effort. We make an effort. So, so we should. It's date night for the Father, the, yeah. the Sabbath. But when we go to Sukkot, it, you know, it can. We we stayed nine nights this year, so we got we got full um, seven days for Sukkot and one day for the Eighth Festival. So it's a long time to be out there in the wilderness and to, um, you know, not be in our comfortable dwellings. Yeah, it was pretty luxury, but still, you know, it's it's foreign and 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 all the challenges that comes with it. And I just want to share this little story because this will make you laugh because this just can't <laughs> happen. 
this can't happen in like ordinary church and this is why I think the father tells us to do it um, to, to, to meet there because it's just different trials which you're just never going to face so it, I was like I think it was about three or four days into Sukkot and I, I, I went I took all my gear to Sukkot and you know I'm a bit of a bit of a prepper so I had like minimalistic I say I'm going to take two towels um, right I'm going to take um, this much of that this much of this and okay they're my necessities so anyway, um, me and a couple of gents ended up getting deep on a midrash in one of the hot tubs and it started raining and I lost one of my towels early on. So I was like, right, it was absolutely soaked. There was no way where I could properly dry it out. So I was like, right, I've got one towel here left to sort of keep me going for the rest of the go to get a shower and stuff like that. Anyway, I go to the toilets and um, in the morning I'm like, right, I'm rising up early. I'm going to get a shower, head down to the main tent, get some worship. So... I head to the to the toilets and I, um, I thought, right, I'm going to have a little shave. I'm going to brush my teeth, nip the toilet before jumping the shower. So with my towel, I wrapped up my, my clothes, my, my boxer shorts, my um, socks, my, my pants, everything. I left them on a chair outside the shower. And I was like, right, okay, I'm just going to quickly freshen up, you know, as you do, and then jump in, jump in the shower. My man... Heard, heard some little rustling around um, outside the shower. I'm like, okay. I was in, in, in the toilet for about 10 minutes come out, go to jump in the shower. Someone's used me towel. <laughs> they've unwrapped me clothes and they've used me towel. Someone snuck in the shower, used me towel, put it back like over the chair and it was like damp and then, and then got out in the time that I went to the toilet. And you know, it was at the time, I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? I was, I was, I was, Livid. Yeah, yeah, I was livid. Like I felt like I've been. Exp- I felt like I've been. Um, <laughs> I felt like someone stolen from me. And you know, I quickly identified the situation. I was like, look, um, you know, maybe this could have been one of the women. He might have forgot a towel. He might feel a bit embarrassed. And 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 you know, but at first I was like, oh, that's, who's done that? <laughs> who's nicked me towel? But. And and then and then I was doing a teaching later that day as well, so it was proper like a proper like I see I seen that it was trying to steal me piece, you know. I identified like ah, I see what's going on here. Um. So anyway, I I, I didn't even sh- share it with anyone on the site. I thought right, I know I'm gonna keep this one to myself. I'm gonna pray about it. I told Joe when I got back because I thought it was funny, you know. Once once you out the situation, but the point of it being is is that. You're not gonna come into them scenarios just turning up to church once a week. Like this is these are scenarios where you're living together, you're eating together, you're washing each other's plates, you 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 met with each other's towels. And I think Yah is so clever. He sends us all on this seven day festival where we get to know each other so intimately, like a family, where we do have our little gripes and fusses, and it's genius. It's mm-hmm. it's so genius. And yeah, so for me. Even though that can seem as a bit of a bad thing, I, I see the combination of all these different things. Once they're ironed out, it's like, wow, God is God is a genius, and He's bringing us together as, as proper brethren and sisters. Hallelujah! It's family. It's family, isn't it? And um, I, I, like you say, that there's a there's a, a sanctification within a group sit, setting that you just don't get anywhere else. And it's easy to be, um, you know. Uh, to be spiritual, to to worship together, to pray together, and and there's so much value in that. But like you say, when the the practical, um, uh, pragmatic elements of of being uh, in a, in a, an environment with uh, with each other, it's it's serious. And if it is a, a preparation for 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 things that are to come ahead, yes, we've got luxury. Yes, there are things that are a complete blessing to have, and it's a it's a reward. It's a um, it's a celebration. You know, to to consume with your heart's desire. 
get that. But if it's a preparation for, for things that could get a bit choppy ahead, yeah, we're going to we're gonna be able to get on in a kitchen or, or somebody's using your towel. I, I might draw the line so. at the <laughs> towel, but yeah. Yeah, oh man, I think camp sanctification is massive. And I think this is, you know, definitely a blueprint that we read about and we read in the book of Acts that the church began in the wilderness at Sinai. And this is what our forefathers did, you know, and where we get an opportunity to do that. And we do get revelations of our own hearts, you know. Mm. When you do do the Moedim, you know, expect them tests to come. You know, the enemy is going to come. The enemy is going to come and try and steal that from you, uh, put stumbling blocks in your way to prevent that from taking place because you have got a, you, you have got an opportunity to enter into Yeshua, a real divine opportunity to enter into Yah. And the devil doesn't want that. Also, it, as you say, that and it is preparation and, and it is training. It's to train the inner man and it's also to train and tame the flesh because we're taken out of our comfort zone to then depend upon the comforter. And we do have a revelation of our own heart. So the Moedim can be in a mirror um, and we can see a lot of problems with our lives, with our walk, with the condition of our heart and no areas where we need to fix it. You know, I always say it, you know, no one comes to Christ a millionaire flying, smashing life, you know. We always come to Christ broken. And when we do come to Christ broken, he also shows us areas that need to be fixed. And that is part of sanctification. And, and the, the, the Moedim is chock-a-blocker with that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we, we could easily spend uh, the, the whole episode just, just talking about Sukkot easy and and then some. Um, so I want to like zoom out a little bit um, and look at the, the the feast as a whole. And uh, on the lead up to this episode, um, reflecting on um, what it is that we're we're doing and, and where we've came from. And Joe, you touched on it at the top when we when you mentioned about Saturnalia, the the pagan origins of um, of some of these, well, of all of these so called. Um, feast days uh, done in in the guise of Christianity. Now, me personally, I, I can I can look at I can look at the pagans. I can look at the world and say, well, that's what the pagans do. You know, a lot of them don't know. I didn't know. We didn't know growing up. But the church is a different matter. The the body of Christ is a different matter. So those that are proclaiming Christ and proclaiming his feast days. Uh, you know, for being polite, a uh, 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 contained mixture at best, and is an abom- abomination at worst. Um, my, I, I just started thinking about the mark of the feast. I'm just going to say it's the mark of the feast. Now, people are doing a feast whether they know it yeah, or not. Yeah, truly, they really are. So, yeah. whether you're in the world, whether you're a believer or not. You, you're doing a feast, you, you know, you've got more in common with an unbeliever doing Christmas than you do have with a with a spirit-filled, born-again follower of Christ, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the emphasis being on the importance of the Moedim. So, we can talk about the, the eschatological element, the end of days, the, the, the clock, the end of, end of uh, the, the storybook, as it were, but in terms of the bigger picture, our, our walk with Yeshua... When we see that these institutions of religion have got it so wrong, 
they're, they're, they're doing these soulless practices. They're empty. They're, they're, you know, you see people at Christmas time consuming and, 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 and feeling empty, um, whether they're doing it in the name of Jesus or not. It, it, it's, 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 it's just not filled by the Holy Spirit. Let's be honest. How important is this to our faith, what we're attempting to do, boys? Because it's, it's everything. To me, it's everything. I, I couldn't imagine doing this without this, this timepiece. So I just want to open it up to you in terms of how you see the mixture, where we are today, historically. Just, just open it up, boys, like how you feel about what, what's taken place and the confusion and, and the mixture that's just got it so wrong. Brother, I loved what you said there when you said the whole world is doing a feast, whether you know whether it's this one or that one or this. You know, everyone's doing a feast day, and it's right. Like the world are doing Valentine's Day, bonfire night, mm. uh, New Year's Day, Boxing Day, Christmas Day, Easter. It, it goes on and on and on, and we know they're all rooted in the occult. Valentine's Day, Lupercale, that's a that's a fertility festival of incest. Of incest. Easter is Taurus. It's got nothing to do with Mashiach rising from the grave. Bunny rabbits are symbols of sex. Look at Playboy. It's the most sexually active animal. Okay. Bunny rabbit and an egg. What's an egg? Rabbits don't lay eggs. That's to do with the womb. We know we know what this is. Doesn't take a genius, you know, to work this one out. Just just if in doubt, research it out. Then you got Sam Hain, Halloween. You know, this is satanic. It's a satan that's a satanic feast. Anton LeVay, head of the satanic church, boasted that Christians from all over the world allowed their families, their households, their children to participate in a satanic festival at least once a year. I mean, come on. Saturnalia, it's got nothing to do with the birth of Christ. It's, it's a lie. It's not, it's not, it's not true. That's not that's not the time he was born. So people are participating in a lie. We're called to worship Yah in spirit and in truth. And the world pushed this. They push fireworks, they push Halloween costumes, they pu- push Christmas decorations, the beast. Pushes it, pushes it, pushes it. Valentine's Day cards, chocolates, hearts, eggs. It's just marketed and ramped up and shoved down your throat until you become a product of it. The Bible? No. And the feasts of Jehovah are minimized and scrutinized and you're made to look like a madman if you're trying to do what the Bible says. And the whole world are doing everything the opposite, and we've got one a perfect example of a perfect man who was sinless, who taught us how to live, Yeshua the rabbi, and everyone else wants to go and do everything else other than that. what, what that one example, that perfect example did. So, you know, in the great scheme of things, it's not relative because we are the few, you know, but many are called and few are chosen. Broad is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leads to everlasting life. That only if you find many are called, few are chosen, brother. So yeah, you know, it's sad. It's sad that this is going on. Um, and in comparison to the feasts, there's a real war. So you you do get that. You do get that war, that war mentality about you because like 
you see the attack, you see the agenda, and it's 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 cyclical, just like the Moedim cyclical. The the feast of Babylon is cyclical, and um, ultimately they're all rooted in the, in the occult. Yeah, well said, and um, you know, part of my heart for that is not necessarily. I mean, if we're talking about the world, it's not necessarily a condemnation of, of what they're doing. For me, it's the um, it's the emptiness, the shallowness, and the hollowness of of what it is they're partaking in, and seeing how empty they are afterwards. And my heart is just that. Wow! If only you could have a a, a, an exp- a, a little glimpse of the experience of what it truly means to be in a holy day. How fulfilling it is to to be among people who love you, who 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 who. Uh, who actually walk out that love um it's a different it's so much more fulfilling um with the church that's that's where the problem is like you said you touched on on sam hain and and which was a a, an amalgamation of all hallows eve which is a a catholic uh day of of, uh, a memorial to the saints that had let's be honest that they probably took out the game anyway and um they then again the mixture comes in and and they 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 call uh, it's just it's just a mess an absolute mess so um yeah you know you, if you're a christian you should not be doing that no nah. no way you know what do you, what do you say to the christian that says well i'm i'm just you know my child likes superheroes he's just dressing up as a he's not he's not dressed as a demon he's he's not a, you know what do you what do you say to that because a lot of christians will push back with that and say well no we're not doing anything demonic it's not a sin to dress up like superman mm-hmm. like what what would you say to that i think the word i, I can read a scripture here from jeremiah um, but i just want to commend you there brother on distinguishing between um the nations and the church because um you know, my family uh, wasn't believers, and we we was brought up into Christmas, Easter, Halloween, because uh, we thought it was a bit of fun, and, I, and that's how I approached it. And myself working in retail and um, working in a mobile phone shop, working on a on a checkout till, I've seen the stress of the materialism that mm. that grips people, and I've seen so many pressured faces working in retail over the years having to fulfil this almost obligation what they've been born into mm. and when you put it like that it's like wow this is this is something this is an identity which i haven't signed up for mm. and i think when we start understanding the identity of what the feasts are and where they come from from the word of god i think that's when we can start really seeing that um th- this is this is spiritual so just in jeremiah 10 um i have a scripture here um and i from verse 1 it says, Hear the word that Yahovah speaks to you, O house of Israel. This is what Yahovah says. Do not learn the ways of the nations. So who are the nations? The nations are those not in covenant with God. Or be terrified by the signs in the heavens. What's this speaking about signs in the heavens? This to me is like um, the, the winter solstice, the the, the the summer solstice, the star signs, okay? So these are things, these are f- these are the ways of the nations. Though the nations themselves are terrified by, the, by them, for the customs of the peoples are worthless. So these customs, what they're doing, they're worthless. Goes on to say, they cut down a tree from the forest. It is shaped with a chisel by the hands of a craft, craftsman. 
They adorn it with silver and gold and fasten it with a hammer and nails so that it will not totter. So it says, you know, I can go on to read, but in short, it's basically the our father saying, look, those who are in covenant with God, don't learn the ways of the nations. Yeah. Don't be terrified by these different seasons and what goes on. Don't what what that's saying is is don't don't be subject to them. You know, don't feel the pressure of them. This 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 pressure that we feel or or, or parents feel who keep Christmas and Easter to to get the kids the best gifts. And that. I used to sign people up to two year contracts for for the, for the tablet on a mobile phone, and the next Christmas would come along, and but they'd still be paying off for that gift they got the Christmas before. And, you know, don't be terrified by these signs. And I guess because we've come to the knowledge and truth of the Father and the true biblical feasts that, and, 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 and realise we, we, we was in um, bondage to the world um, and the Messiah set us free. There's, there's a great liberation um, in coming into covenant and keeping these feasts. Um, yeah, I, I guess, I guess that, that was what I'd like to share. I love what you said about identity, uh, the, the, the identity of those those holidays, but... Satan comes as an angel of light. He isn't coming, right, with uh, reptilian eyes and a pitchfork and and fangs. He might he might he might come in, in a costume like that, like Elon Musk. <laughs> there the other day celebrating Samhain. I mean, Musky, there's bro. many antichrists that have come into the world, bro. But listen, I would say Satan comes as an angel of light. We have to be that generation that breaks the chain. The Lord hates the feasts of the heathen. He hates the feasts. He says it over and over in Scripture that we are we are not to worship Him in the way and, and in the like manner of the pagans and the surrounding nations. He does not want to be worshipped like that. He says that over and over in Scripture. So look, we don't do what that would have set apart people. And you can say, yeah, but the kids, but. Look, then the kids are going to say, my kids, and then their kids are going to say, oh, my kids, and we have to break that chain. Genesis 1, sorry, Genesis 3 verse 1 tells us that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, but I fear at least by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through being subtle. These are subtle agendas, the subtle, and it comes in a, in a presence with a bow and it's all fancy and it's great and it's the kids look it's the kids well out of the mouth from babes bro it's like come on let's get the kids onto the real deal then let's get the kids onto the moedim then you can have all of them elements that are fun and great and exciting for the children and you can place them directly into god's calendar and make them all about god and show them in the word of god and let it come alive don't give me that. Don't give me that. I'm not having it. You're not putting Dracula fangs in and blood and or a Spider-Man costume and saying, yeah, oh, well, look, the kids, because you could dress up as Balak and Balaam and teach them about the, <laughs> the book of Numbers. You, you you can do certain things in, in, in that and teach your children great things. You can... You can dress up as David, Moses, part the water. I mean, come on, if you want to teach the kids something, you don't need to get them in pagan gear and, and garb of Babylonia. The, the, the serpent subtle that and so what, what my response would be. The Lord hates the feasts of the heathen. We're called to not worship him in the way that the pagans do. We have to be that generation. The kids will be more blessed. You will be more blessed. The serpent is subtle. And this is how it begins. And 
where, where, where is the chain going to break? Because this will be a generational thing that will just continue on in your bloodline until you say enough is enough. I ain't doing this crap anymore. Amen. It's um, and again, I, I think it's really important that we we uh, we highlight the difference between um, the institutions that are uh, propagating these these feasts. I mean, how when we see believers come into uh, the fullness of the scroll, the excitement, the revelation, just the download of the truth is is a is a joy and a beautiful thing to behold. So h- how many how many congregants are sitting there on the pews in their midnight masses and 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 doing the what the the Catholic Church um, uh, are propagating and just are sitting there and just like I don't feel connected, I don't feel fulfilled. This isn't this doesn't this isn't right. This isn't quite right, and. Um, that's that's where my beef lies. That's that's my that's my problem. And history, I, I mean, I love if you if you look at those that that rebelled against the Catholic Church, whereas the Puritans, the Protestants, we've got a lot in common because they could see the regalia, they could see the idolatry, they could see because they know their Bibles that this is not what the Word of God is 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 saying. So it that's that's where my heart is 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 for the for the bride to see their identity. And say, this isn't. This is some pagan garb. This is some. This is some rubbish that I'm sitting here. I'm not being fulfilled. So I mean, at this point in the game, I'm thinking this. this we just need the hand of Yah to like to just just sort this one out. But uh, again, that's probably a deeper rabbit hole if we're looking at the Catholic Church, the Jesuits, and everything else. But um, yeah, that's just just my two cents. Yeah, brilliant, bro. I couldn't agree with you both of you. It's. Um this is this is vital. This is our identity, and um, we, you know, the question that I hear quite a lot is, well, what about my family? What about me, nan? You know, what about I don't want to offend my family. You know, if it's not the kids, it's then the family. But we've just got to go to Luke and what Yeshua says. Yeshua says, "I have come to ignite a fire on the earth," Oof. and how I wish it was already kindled, wow. but I have a baptism to undergo. And how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, five and one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. It goes on mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. Um, well, I believe Yeshua is saying here, he's like, the truth. If you want me, if you if you want to be the bride, you can't show partiality to mum. You can't show partiality to even your children. Your your children are on loan. If you didn't know, by the way, the the, the father owns your children. The father owns owns your relationship. Your father owns your family, and. There's many other scriptures about the vision between household, and this isn't something that I'm trying to promote because we know we've got to honor our mother and father. But let me pose this question to you. If they didn't attend Sukkot, would you have a negative reaction towards them? If they didn't attend Passover, would you flare up and say, why aren't you attending Passover? Mm. But in the same light, if we don't keep Christmas, I've known families to flare up and say, why aren't you attending Christmas with me? And I think that's a valid question to to pose to families. If you are wanting to start keeping the Moedim, and I would advise strongly not to go to the Christmas dinners, not to go 
um, round on Boxing Day or, or, or Easter. Why? Because you're sticking your flag in the sand and you can do it respectfully. You can do it with love, of course. It has to be in love. If it's not with love, you're the clanging symbol. You've got to sit them down and say, look, look, family, um, look, 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 Grandma, this is what I found in accordance with the word. I please, I do not mean to offend you. Um, I won't be offended if you don't come on my feasts, but I'm inviting you to my feasts. But I can't do the nations anymore. I can't do the feast of the nations because I love Yah so much. Mm. And it, it was crazy because one time I was in work and and, and I, I was with this be- be- beautiful um, girl. She was such a beautiful soul. And, and and I only worked there part-time, but I could see she was just so innocent. And, and, and um, you know, I, she, she believed in, in God and... She said to me, Jack, why don't you do Christmas? And I didn't even reply to her. My, my face changed to go and reply because she, I think she must have been aware that I'd done the festival. And before I could even open my lips, her tears, start, her eyes started watering. And she went, oh my gosh, you don't do Christmas because you love God that much, isn't oh. it? I didn't even have to open my mouth because I do love God this much. And if I love God this much... We, we, we need to hold fast to his word and his word is truth. And praise be to Yah that, that, that day that she, she, she got that penny drop. And of course, it's difficult in the world, um, you know, if you don't tend to these um, these truths, if you don't hold fast to it, if you don't shamar it, they, 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 can, they, can, fiz- they can fade away. So, um, but but this, this, is why, this is why we do the feasts. Uh, and, and we don't do the feast of the world because we love God so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when Yeshua says, "Look, unless you unless you hate them," he's, he's speaking as lo- it's a Hebrew idiom now for loving with a choice. So we have to love God and choose God by choice, and venerate Him and not venerate the created things because that this is what it's all about. Oh, it's me kids. Oh, it's me family. You're venerating the created things. Who, who, who's who's number one? You know. Or, or the created things usurp and that. So you got to hate, and it's a Hebrew he, Hebrew idiom for your placement, your placement and and what you desire in life most. Mm. Um, Satan comes as an angel of light, bro. Okay, so he comes as an angel of light. We're told that in Scripture. And Paul tells us in Thessalonians to reject all appearances of evil. So he comes as an angel of light, so he isn't going to come you know, on display with all these things being evil. It comes as a Christmas cracker. It comes as a nice walk around the shop and, and Dean Martin singing off the tannoy, you know, all the, all the crimbo tunes. It comes, you know, with candles and get confetti. You then, no, and you know. They get you, mate. They get you. It's a spell, you know. It I got, I'm going in with silicon earplugs this year. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. No, but you're right. You, you know, you should have said you can't you can't dine at both tables. You, you you've got mixture, and uh, like I said, that that mixture is uh, corporately is is prevalent, and that's where where all the confusion and the lack of uh, of identity. Uh, mark of the feast. Mark of the feast. Mark is, of the is, feast. Is there. Um, now, with, with that, uh, you know, we don't have, we're not perfect in this. We don't have all the answers. We're, we're working this out uh, as best as we can as we uh, go in this walk together as a fellowship and as a ministry and as brothers and sisters. Um, and and, and our, our, our approaches, our methods uh, may have changed with maturity in terms of how we deal with either family or other believers uh, when it comes to the feast. So with that being said, what do you see as our responsibility with this now? <clears throat> because 
it's it's a similar similar sketch with the with the Sunday folks, our brothers and sisters, and even our Jewish brothers and sisters, where you know it's got to be done in love, uh, essentially. And, and I think when when we're doing what we do and we do it well, it's a light on a hill for people to come to. So, with that being said, how do you see our responsibility moving forward as we you know as we're observing and 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 walking this out in love by by the Spirit and truth of His Word? So just just to get the concept of your question, you're saying what 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 does what's the responsibility we have observing these festivals? Yeah, how, how, what does what does it look like? Or how do we handle both both? So what what does it look like? You know, if we say do these festivals and we're we're just you know, <laughs> Mardi and and not walking in joy and in, in love, like, and then also like you say, dealing with family, mm-hmm. dealing with uh, other people, you know. Well, we represent them, don't we? And we live into them. And then they become a facet of our reality. And then as we step into that truth and faithfulness, we're, we're practicing the presence of the Most High. And then we become a culture and a habitation of Yah as a set-apart collective. Um, in terms of dealing with the family, you know, or other people or, you know, new people, I think it's case by case. You know, sometimes you're flipping tables and, you know, you're taking the axe to the Christmas tree. And you're smashing the lights. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes you're flipping tables, and then other times, to the Gentile, you're becoming a Gentile. To the Jew, you're becoming a Jew, but you're never making yourself an enmity towards God. So you, that's the power of being led by the Holy Spirit. I think that you can. There's horses for courses, as Solomon says. There's a time to tear down, and there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And I think there's a time and there's a time in the Moedim for you to also <laughs> represent God's time because his timing is perfect. God has times, you know. Um, so ultimately, I think that you got to wait on the Lord and, and show as best. Live it out first. Live it out and let people see the fruit because the fruit is undeniable. Mm, we just had like five or six Gentiles come and watch a wedding ceremony that we... that we um, Non-believers. Non-believers, yeah. Uh, we had five or six non-believers come out and watch a wedding ceremony that, that, we, that we put on for uh, two people in our congregation, of course, entering into covenants and... They were blown away. I mean, they were just speechless. They were just blown away, and we we didn't we didn't try and say you know in in Yeshua's name and get our hands on them or baptize them upstairs in the bath or anything like that. You know, no one was trying to give them the gospel or repent. The end is nigh. They just came and watched and observed, and that just testified in itself. Like we didn't have to give them any good news because we were the good news they were just in the good news they just experienced it this year for Sukkot we had three or four non-believers come and and, and they just came to it and the oh, alien yeah. the stranger the foreigner and they participated in it and lo and behold they were actually keeping the commandments and they were doing it and they were coming and singing and dancing and doing the bible quiz and they were just there doing it as if they were believers and there should be one law for the native, there shall be one law for the Israelites, and there shall be one law for the stranger who dwelleth among you. And it was, it was, they were just, they were just injected with the kingdom. They couldn't do nothing about it, bro. I mean, they just got it, and because they were just like there, and 
sometimes it can just be about you just participating and then the fruit just becomes undeniable. You're just going to reflect, reflect light. Like if the light is so strong, no matter if you cup your eyes and close your eyelids, the light will just come through. Have you ever had like a torch when you were a kid and you could put it through your hand and you could see your hand was red? Like if the light is that strong, it'll just go through the flesh and like no matter how they try and blindfold themselves or make themselves blind to it, the light will just penetrate them. It's just undeniable and sometimes we just got to be a light, a city upon a hill that can never be hidden and that light will is is Yah's light and it will just reflect into them. And, and and it will be undeniable. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, again, I think um, looking back in retrospect, um, I used to struggle this time of year or going into Christmas and the winter months. I, I'd be so bitter and uh, complaining, and uh, I'd really struggle, and and rightly so. Um, but I think over the years I've learned to deal with. Um, uh, quite what it is that's going on in the world and uh, yeah trying to still still walk this out in in, in love and enjoy and I think part of uh, being uh, walking out in the Moedim is that oh, I'm, I'm like you say you're, you're reflecting that joy with that being said um, the time of year that we are now heading into um, obviously in terms of the Gregorian calendar what's going on in the world and and in the church at large uh, you've also got the gap between uh, the, the the ending of, of these feasts and it's a long time until the beginning uh, going into next year um, this can be quite a, a dark time um, a silly season if you like um, but by the grace of God we have the uh, the Torah portions that, that, that uh, help us uh, get back on track not even get back on track but to stay on track and to stay in, in the rhythm of things um, what what have you guys got to say to 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 anybody listening with regards to this time of year because it can be a struggle um it can be difficult spiritually physically and um uh, everything else in between what, what what words would you would you have to encourage those that are entering into this period of time um <clears throat> i think for the most part I, for myself I, it's never really been a stronghold but i can view on my fa- uh, certain people in my family who've had difficulty putting away um, Christmas and it's been heavy on the heart and I can only really take the advice which they've um, gave me and um, they just got into the word you know that's all that's all you can really do is is get into the word and um, hold fast to him and you know I know you noticed uh, said that this time is a bit of a silly season and I used to kind of feel a little bit spiritually dark around this time, you know, the sun sets earlier and you got people going out for Halloween, people going out for worship Saturnalia. Um, but now I view it in a little bit of a different sense. Um, I think this is probably one of the best times in the year to evangelize your faith. People uh, are going to say to you, oh, what did you do for Christmas? Or have a happy Christmas. And in your response, you can go, well, I don't actually keep um, Christmas. Um, I keep another festival, and I'll probably go. Oh, what you keep? And then, so this is—it's such an easy way to to spark conversations this this year because most people will say to you, "Merry Christmas," or, or or ask you about them dates. So I think it can be quite a powerful time um, when 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 um, the surroundings get darker. 
um, the, the the light shines brighter, you could say. Um, so I think it's, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the techniques that, that I'd like to use is maybe instead of focusing inwardly um, on, on, on resting on these things, I, I, I would say um, look at and how you can share with others um, about the feasts. Yeah, Jackie, so you, I think you illustrate really well how we're to negotiate this season, essentially, is uh, it's a season of opportunity. So whether it's uh, in our workplaces, whether it's with our family, it's, uh, again, it's it's preaching the gospel, it's preaching the good news, it's walking out our faith and witnessing um, why uh, whys and therefores of why we don't partake in, in these seasons. Now, there could even be a temptation in this time of year of, like, do you know what, like, Maybe I'll go watch the fireworks. Maybe I'll go to bonfire night. You know, no harm in that, really. I'm just, I'm just having a good time, and you know, I'm, I'm, it's not a sin. I, I'm not, I'm not doing anything evil as such. Like, you know, is is, is there anything wrong in in in, in turning up and, and doing those things? Do you reckon? Well, look, bro. When fireworks are going bang outside your window, and you're just like walking down the street, you know, <laughs> it's hard to like make yourself blind you know i'm not saying that we need to just hide under the stairs now and like put ear defenders on and and a blindfold and just how long until it's over (laughs) but look you know i wouldn't participate in these things whatsoever like i'm not saying don't look up at a firework if it goes bang you know but you just need to say to yourself look my father is a consuming fire and I don't want to be participating in things that could be rooted in something dark, sinister and satanic. For instance, Guy Fawkes and his cronies, they were all Jesuits. They were all connected to the Pope and the Catholic Church. And their failed plot, so to speak, um, was the result then of a national celebration of an execution because they were all found and they were all killed and executed. So... What 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 you're actually celebrating is the death of someone. It's like Mardi Dom from the Protestant Anglican side, but then it's also like the burning of an effigy and, and an execution. <laughs> and it's like, even though it looks innocent and it's fireworks and sparklers and it's great on the eye on the eyes and it's fascinating and stuff. Really, it's like it's the celebration of someone's execution. So you you know you've got to really question that. You got something to say, bro? Yeah, just for the the US uh, listeners um, in the UK, we um, for the most part the nation celebrates something known as Bonfire Night on the fifth of November. Uh, I'm, I'm unaware. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it is a US fe- feast, is it? No, no it's, it's no. well. It happened no. in the UK, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. to clarify for those listening. Yeah. Cheers, bro. So Bonfire Night is is a manifestation of of Anglican domination over Catholicism. And you could be like, well, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> but for me, for that reason alone, I'd want to bail it because, look, the, the enemy plays both sides of the chessboard. And we know that the Protestant Catholics have got loads of stuff going wrong, loads of stuff, even though they say they're not part of that. They're still doing all the Sunday sketch and the, the law's done away with and And we're the church and, and they, they've got all their own gobbledygook that they've they've inherited off the church and for me it's just it's still catholicism it's just an offshoot of that but there's a deeper twist to this you know the likes of bonfire nights it's actually deeply rooted in the occult and uh, and paganism because neither guy fawkes 
or any of the other plotters were ever burned alive or burned at the stake. They weren't burned alive or burned at the stake. Right. But really, this was the time that the Druids would, would burn effigies of a man on a fire. It's all to do with the Wicker Man. And then it all starts making sense, penny for the guy. And it's like, they put this effigy on a fire of a man. And really, that was the, this is the time of human sacrifice. Uh, and it's like, it's mixed in. And then the kids are saying, penny for the guy. And then you, you, put, on a, you put on an effigy, a, 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 a humanoid sculpture of a man on a fire. Yeah, it's dark. It's dark, it's not right. And you, but really, you think, oh, just a little sparkler. But you know, you're participating in it. It's, it's a spark. And the kids are running around the park with the sparklers. And it's like everyone's getting pictures and putting them online. But that's the spark. That's the only spark that you need then to go and fall into this rabbit hole and the trap of these deeply rooted pagan agendas. And the druids all over old Anglia would sacrifice humans in the fifth and the sixth century, burning them burning them alive on a bonfire around this time. So again, you're participating in that and you, you're role-playing into the satanic agenda. And even though you might not actively be participating in the wickedness and the evil, uh, you, you, you're doing a shadow of it. So you, you, you're playing it out and that's what the devil wants because it's an offence to God. And, you know, people dance around the bonfire of a man burning and the, the drinking, laughing, and singing. It's a feast day, and you, you're doing the Wicker Man gear. This is Wicker Man. This is all to do with the Druid. It's blatant Wicker Man worship. And I just want to remind people as well that, you know, in this country, there was a lot of deep stuff to do with Merlin, the magician, and we can find historical. This wasn't just folklore. Nah, bro. This, this, we read in in in, in manuscripts and, and and folklore testimonies about how Merlin was his mum had sex with it. It was an incubus, and this was he was an offspring of this. And so the druids were, were really involved in England. So we have to ask ourselves, even in the things that we say, it's not just about the things and the and the dates that we're doing. It's the things that we say, and we wanna we wanna pull away from that completely. Yeah. We want to turn our back on that completely. We don't want any contamination of that at all. Now, when I was growing up in school, <laughs> you'll know this, the teachers used to say, remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason and plot. Do you remember that? Yeah, we yeah, still yeah, say yeah, it now, yeah, remember, yeah. remember the 5th of November. Well, what does Yah tell us to do, bro? Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Again, it's this subtle agenda to remember Guy Fawkes and remember that we're going to all build a fire now and burn the wicker man. But it's not remember the Sabbath. So even the little, it's subtle, it's so subtle. And what I call it is that it's the little totalitarian tiptoe of terrorization against the Torah. It's all the T's, bro. It's the totalitarian tiptoe against the Torah. It's 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 tyranny and it's it's totalitarian and it's a little tiny tiptoe. It, you know, it's 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 millimeters, but it's it's millimeters, and it's penetrating, and it's and it's subtly rooted, and this is how the roots grow. So look, no, we're saying we say no to this. We don't want nothing to do with it. I'm not gonna wrap myself in bubble wrap and put earplugs in and sit in a dark room. You know, I'll read the word and and I'll med I'll meditate on yeah, but I don't want to do these things whatsoever. 
Yeah, bro. When you uh, you say the the words "wicker man" and it just it just evokes the memory. I don't know if you you boys did it, but we used to have to dance around the maypole in wow. primary school, which uh, it's basically a, a tall tall pole, a tall staff with these ribbons that that, that dangle off the side, and you you dance around in a circle. When would you do that? At, at school, bro. Really? Wow. At school, like harvest festival time. I could be wrong. Um, it's basically a massive phallic symbol, and it was a fertility ritual, right? So the point being, when you wake up to the fact that you live in a pagan wonderland, like literally, there is, there is nothing more pagan than these isles. Like let's let's be real. As a born again spirit filled believer, I'm running as far away from that as I possibly can, like with bells on. Like don't get. So for me, it just it I, I find it difficult when those that proclaim Christ are comfortable enough to say, well, you know, Jackie, you said it before, compromise. You start to compromise and go, well, you know, maybe, no, it's, it's okay because it's it's just a bit of fun. It's like, no, you're being lazy. You're not doing research. You're not reading your history books. You're not seeing what's clear to see. I've spoken to unbelievers who are in the world and say, yeah, Christmas is mad pagan. Yeah, yeah, it is. So why, why would you, why do you even go close to it? So, um, yeah, when you realise that this place is institutionalised, pagan rituals, year in, year out, that's the rhythm. That's the rhythm that the 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 the, the you know the, the, the these lands are, are dealing with. We don't want any part of that. Like, no, 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 not at all. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, brother. It's it's um it's there, isn't it? And it feels like whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, everyone's waiting for the next festival. So everyone's yeah. waiting for Christmas. Christmas finishes. Okay, the Easter. Every, okay, that that festival in Dubai. Okay, that this festival here, this concert, Glastonbury. Oh, oh, this other festival. It's like yeah. everyone's waiting on that next festival hit, and with all this paganism, run to the feasts, run to the festivals of Yah. Joe calls them the revival. The Sukkot was a was a festival of revival and. I think that's another strategy as well to when, when when you feel if you've just come in come into doing the feast and it comes around to Christmas and the f- the Christmas films are on the music songs are on it's like well embrace the feasts even more you know mm-hmm. look forward to them plan ahead you know what 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 are we gonna do this year for Sukkot what are we gonna how are we gonna make Passover so special and I think when we do that touching back on the responsibility earlier as well of of the responsibility we have for the feasts. I mean, it's okay proclaiming the feast. It's okay getting on a mic and saying, all you are pagan, you keep all pagan festivals, but then someone might turn around and say, well, what are your festivals then? Like, you need to have that lighthouse built, constructed, the light going to say, come and join us, come and join me for my festival. So yeah. study yourself, understand the, the word, research the word on, on how you can observe these festivals. We can't fully keep them. I mean, the, the, the Passover issue was the Passover lamb, so we can't sacrifice any lamb on, on, on Passover, um, but we can have them as a, as a memorial. We can fully keep the Sabbaths. We can observe the Sabbaths. Um, but, but, but it's setting up that lighthouse. I think that, that, that's the key. And if you are on your own, you know, it may be difficult if, you, if, if, if you're disabled or whatnot, but if you can, it says... Don't let your hands be don't don't be empty handed when you appear before the Lord at these mm. festivals. This is what it says in the word. So contribute to the festivals, contribute to a local fellowship who who's keeping Passover, um, or even one far off that you'd have to pilgrim to. 
build this lighthouse so that when you do preach your festivals are pagan, you can then say, well, let me show you this instead. Yeah. Let, let, let me show you what I actually take part in. And and I think, you know, as the years have went on, we've we've sort of been developing this, like, like Joe said, his first one was in a tent. Next year, it was a couple of us in a field. And we've slowly but surely built upon it each year um, to, to, to make it what it is. And that's great. You know, I, as long as you're, you're, you're bringing something to the feast and Yah knows the intent of your heart, I think he'll honor that. And, 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 and just as though someone stores up all the Christmas decorations in the attic all year round and then they might get a new few trinkets each year, this is what it's like with Sukkot. We, we build upon it each year. Um, and then, and then, eventually, over over a couple of years, it, it, it's an incredible feast, which the stranger and everyone else is, 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 can can get involved in. Hang on, mm. hang on, right there. <laughs> I'm just going to quote the word of God because it says in in second in Colossians chapter two, it says, "Let no one judge you, though, guys. Let no one judge you in food or drink regarding festivals." or a new moon, or a Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. So you have no right to judge me, okay? You have no right to do that. Right, let's just stop right there and read this thing in context, because this very verse, Mm. this chapter, is speaking in direct opposition to what you are saying. Let's, Let's speak in context. Verse 8 tells us, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and vain, empty deceit. According to the traditions of men, the word of God is not the tradition of man, okay? It is not the tradition of man. According to basic principles of the world and not according to Christ, the word of God is not of the world. He who loves the world is at enmity with God. All right, so let's get this in context. He then goes on to say in verse 15 that Yeshua has disarmed principalities and powers because this is what the feasts of the world are all about, the worship of fallen angels. Mm. And he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. So therefore let no one judge you, in verse 15, in 16, therefore let no one judge you who are doing these things because now that you're in covenant with God and Yeshua has triumphed over the devil, you don't need to go back to these empty philosophies and vain deceitful things of fallen angels. Nah, the, the master made a public spectacle over these and triumphed over it. So now that you can enter in and keep the Sabbath, let no one judge you on that. Don't let no one judge you on doing these things in accordance with the word of God. They are a shadow of, of, of things to come and the substance is Christ. All right, so they're going to come. You know, we read in Zechariah, in Isaiah, in Micah, we read it all over scripture. Jeremiah, that the, the law shall go forth from Mount Zion and the nations have to keep Sukkot in the millennium reign. Come on, this is it. The, this is shadow of what's going to happen. The substance is Christ. Verse 18, in context, let no one cheat you of your reward in doing these things, taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind it's and they're making this about the moedim of god and the sabbath which is the fourth commandment get out of here mate (laughs) get out of here read it in context and then you'll know what is getting said here you'll know what is getting said that the sabbath the moedim 
It's a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. And you get to participate in them and walk away from the worship of fallen angels. Lupercali, Samhain, Valentine's Day, Halloween, Saturnalia, Xmas Day, you know, New Year's Day, Janus, Janus. You get to walk away from all this pagan crap, which is the worship of fallen angels, and you get to get back to the truth, okay? You get to get back to the truth, and you can get to, you get to put away all the vain, puffed-up, fleshly gear, and you get to hold fast to Christ, which is what he goes on to say. So I just want to put that out there, that this is all about Christ. The Sabbaths, the new moons, the Moedim, it's all about Christ, all right? It, it's Yeshua. It's Yeshua manifest on a calendar for you that you get to participate in him and feel his timings and dance and know the steps of the bridegroom. If you're debating whether to do the Moedim this year, I would say you could you do it. Run with it. Take it by the hands. Don't let it go, for it's the Messiah, and you wouldn't want to let the Messiah go. And you get to participate with him and feel him, and you're going to know him more intimately than you have ever known him. You're going to learn so much more than you've ever learned. There's a window of opportunity. Don't let it go, beloved. Don't let it go. So, yeah, I just wanted to end with that there. That's beautiful. Um, you basically answered my question that I was going to pose to you. So um, praise you for that. Um, no, that was beautiful, brother. And, um, you know, growing up when, when I heard of folks that didn't do Christmas, they, it just seemed like such a foreign concept that um, what you, I just couldn't couldn't imagine a life without doing these these uh, so-called uh, festivals and um, I think one of the important things that we're highlighting here is is the fulfillment is is the fulfillment as, as Joe just said there in Christ in Jesus um, that's what that's the whole everybody's trying to fill that's what everybody's looking for like you say Jackie when you're going to these festivals when you when you when you're hitting the high street for the umpteenth time buying X Y and Z you you just you just looking for Jesus and um, uh, praise Yah that we have uh, we have the fulfillment in the Moedim and uh, Joe that was uh, the way you put that was uh, was was excellent. Um, I just want to say on a personal note, I have uh, I have the best memories of my life within the the feasts uh, in uh, in Sukkot in particular. Uh, I'll be honest that that's where I have the most cherished moments memories encouragements uh, uh, um, walking in the spirit seeing the spirit operate uh, on a corporate level I've never partaken I've never been a part of anything so fulfilling and for me it's it's life that's 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 my life that's that's what I'm I feel like I'm geared towards personally is, is being part of that timepiece. So from for my personal point of view, uh, as well as what Joe was just saying there, I, I would, it becomes everything. It literally becomes everything in, 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 in the most beautiful way because it's about Yeshua and our eyes are fixed on Yeshua for the whole time. That's what makes it so fulfilling. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. Um, so, gents, any uh, any final thoughts, any reflections, anything uh, to encourage those uh, moving forward uh, over the next few months? Um, yeah. Yeah, you've you've lost nothing if you put aside these festivals of the nations. Um, you've only gained. Um, you've gained something you've been looking for. 
and um, there's such, such such full of joy and and um, and wonder and spiritual application. So yeah, I just want to say, if there's anyone out there who's thinking, should I should I have a go? <laughs> should I have a go this year with my family? I, I I'd agree with Joe. Grab it with two hands and I never let go. Oh man, I would say, yeah, you know, just going with Colossians in context again, verse 20, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself again to these regulations of the world? You know, Bailey, get out of there, they have the appearance of wisdom, but they're not, it's not, it's not, don't let no one cheat you of shut your it reward, down. <laughs> shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> there's a time truly to tear down and then there's a time to flip tables but pick your battles wisely beloved and um yeah you know stay stay in prayer over the silly season it is the witch in our but you know what greater is he in me than he was in the world it's of no effect hallelujah it's of no effect get on the moedim the train choo choo <laughs> the zion train <laughs> is coming <laughs> I'm already you get your Moedim head on now. I mean you're gonna be keeping them in the kingdom, so you get you got a head start. You got a preview right. to the <laughs> to the source. That's right. Hallelujah. Praise you. Yeah, again, it feels like we could sit here like through the night, literally. Um what a joy it is to be back and um what a joy it is to to share uh to share such a, a precious and, and beautiful truth. Um so yeah, um yeah, again, praise y'all for, for a beautiful time. Um, do the thing. Like, subscribe, comment. Um, head on over to the uh, to the Almond House website where we have uh, our forums. Oh, you wow, can yeah, that's You can interact with us. Yeah, there you go. Um, so whether it's questions, whether it's uh, topics for, for, for the upper room, whether it's uh, interaction with regards to our Torah portions, uh, we're here, we're waiting, we're ready to interact. And um, yeah, it's a great tool uh, in terms of uh, reaching out and um, yeah, uh, building and encouraging each other. So um, I very much look forward to um, getting back in the saddle in the future. Uh, I think we've got some great guests coming up. We've got some fantastic topics. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the future's bright. Uh, the future's Yeshua. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 So, uh, Joe, Jackie, again, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as ever and uh, been a blessing. And, um, yeah, thank you very much, boys. Shalom, bro. Shalom. Thank you. From thank our you. house to yours, this has been The Upper Room. Shalom.